Whoa, there we are. A new episode of Market Overdrive. A pleasant episode of Market Overdrive. It's a boys crew today that we're going to open with. Yep. We are back. It is Thursday. It is a wet Thursday here in Chicago. Uh, for those of you that are watching that are not from Chicago, whether you're from Los Angeles or from Florida, we absolutely hate you and we're jealous. And uh, I should say, all kidding aside, we envy you. But it's still busy. We're still doing our thing. Um, the market is moving in a positive direction. Uh, all signs are showing that we might have a record year. Don't argue that. And to get into all that fun stuff, with my guest today, we are missing Carla Mina. So that's a sad part of the story. Wah, but, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. but we're loaded. We're super loaded. Right? <laughs> we're like loaded, loaded. We're loaded with special guests. Even with the surprise cancellation today, we reloaded. Because uh, that's what we do here at Market Overdrive. We constantly bring you the best of the best. Today, taking the chair that I normally sit in, doing a better job than I probably normally do, would be Joe Schaub. How are you doing today, Joe? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, this is, it's a great day to be on Market Overdrive in 2019. The whole show is about giving back, and actually, when you tune in, you can elevate your real estate IQ. And even when, uh, Nick, you're in the seat, you're still beautiful, man. Thanks, you're man. good. That's called bro love. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And speaking of more bro love, Grago, Funes, how you been, man? How am I looking? How am I looking, though? You're pretty. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You're pretty. You're I'm looking good. good. You're looking good. But it's not about us three. Nope. No. We're going to get into somebody that really gives back, does a great job, and his team is always growing. Who's going to be the lucky one to introduce our guest? Joe, you want to do it? This guy needs no introduction, everybody. So we have with us today Josh Weinberg from Keller Williams. We have uh, a pleasure to have you on the show and talk about a couple of things that are near and dear to you. Uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. For one, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with these three legends <laughs> uh, oh, stop. And, and grateful for the opportunity to share with you guys and so it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna have a good time oh, yeah. um as far as like who we are what we do right well let's Why? start with you first yeah me and then we'll get to we with your group. so for me for you you're the who you're, am i you're the man on the mic <laughs> we need to know about you and then we'll yeah. get to the team i'll tell you about me um, <laughs> there we go i'm a, i have two beautiful kids dylan and Paige. i have an amazing wife and i'm a dog yogi been in real estate for uh 15 years? Is it 15 years? Yeah. So I've worked for a home builder for three years selling all new construction. Um, literally, I've started literally two and a half weeks after I graduated college. So my office was in like a model home or a trailer, mm. right? New construction. Nice. I had people like my parents walking in, my parents' age, walking into the model. And I'm like two months, two weeks, and then like two months out of college, three months. And they're walking in and I'm like, look at this layout. It's sick. Yeah. <laughs> and then real quick, I learned. I'm like, all right, I probably got to talk up. to these people a little different than I did like three weeks ago at college, right? right. Uh, but got to learn every aspect of the business. I'll give you the short-winded version. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, my business partner, Tommy Choi, and I knew in college we were going to go into business together. At the time, we didn't know what we were going to do. Um, and uh, talk, well, think in 2007, right? Both of us come from very entrepreneurial backgrounds. And uh, I was in real estate. He had a passion for real estate. Everyone was coming to us for advice because we had both bought our homes. And like I said, I was in real estate. So we looked at each other and we we're like, let's do this, right? <laughs> we went to our parents. They were super supportive of us. They're like, you know, you're about to start a real estate business and what's about to be the worst real estate market ever? That's the way to yeah. do it. That's a smart way to do it. <laughs> it was literally the best thing we could have ever done, right? Because we looked at it as an opportunity. Yes, we were naive. Yes, we probably didn't know what we were doing. And yes, we both got engaged to our now wives within like one month of leaving our full-time jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... You know, we looked at it as an opportunity because we knew that if we always put our clients' best interest first, truly the sky was the limit. And we looked at it as 
um, we were just out there hustling, man, really meeting as many people as possible. And uh, we're looking back 12 years later, and we have those pinch me moments every year, man, where we're like, damn, we know a lot more than we did a year ago. Now, we had you on a show four or five years ago. Or Tommy. Tommy, probably, yeah. I thought you were with him. Weren't you with him? Um, if I did, I don't remember, but that also could be no, just... No, that was just Tommy. We, was it just Tommy? Yeah. I yeah. thought Tommy brought somebody with him, but they, they, didn't, they weren't on the air. Okay, so that was just opening four years ago. When we, Was it four years ago? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Something like you that, guys yeah. were just, either just about to open or you just opened when Tommy was on the show. That might have been right around the time when we opened up Keller Williams and Lincoln Park. Is that what it was? That probably, because we started Weinberg Choi Realty, the brokerage, 12 years ago. Okay. And then gotcha. round two and a half years ago, Keller so it was Williams. probably right before we did it, it that was. we had the launch of Lincoln Park, Keller Williams and Lincoln Park, yeah. So That's jump nice. to the team. Yeah. You want to jump in that? Yeah, I like what you're saying here, and without you glossing over some of the numbers, literally tell the people what you did last year so that we have an idea of what the team did as far as transactions, sure. and then we can dig into some of the things that you're doing that are giving, but it'll really set up the foundation so people know buy side, sell side. I just sure. brag a little bit. Yeah, Tell man. us what you're doing. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, so last year we had 139 homes and clients sold and served, right? So closed and pending for just around $74 million. Um, we closed 128 homes for $69 million last year. Um, we built out our opportunity chart and our growth chart for where we're going through 2023. So when we got together at the beginning of this year, everyone on our team collectively came up with their individual goals and we set our goal up for the year, which is 200 homes for 100 million. It wasn't me telling everyone, here's what your goal was. It was saying, hey, here's our standard. We have a standard and we have goals, right? And we used to have blurred lines behind that. And collectively, from everyone's individual goal, we came out with our goal of 200 homes for 100 million. So 200 families served this year. I like that you touch base on the numbers, okay? Now that we have a foundation for what it is that you're doing, talk about the things that get you past numbers. Because in the beginning, when you're in real estate, every commission counts, right? And you're, you're really focused on making that next deal. But once you get the experience that you have, yep. tell us a little bit about how your mindset has shifted into what you're doing now. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, for one... Our why has changed quite a bit, right? When we started Weinberg Choi Realty 12 years ago, we were like, let's start a business, let's start a real estate business, and we, we were motivated by all the cool things that come with that. Money. Money, also flexible hours, yes. right, in real estate. Not really, but, um, but we've, right, we shifted that mindset from, it's now about impacting people's lives. Uh, truly, how many people's lives we can impact. And, and it's so important to us because, um, you know, people talk about goals. And one of our really good friends and mentors in Atlanta, we were talking to them and we were talking about goals. And they we had a big aha when they said, what's your goal? And we talked about it. Our goal has shifted from only just numbers and family served and volume and all that. Yes, that's part of it. To how many people we're going to get into business with and we'll be joining Weinberg Choi Residential, right? Because that means more lives that we're impacting. And, and what I mean by that is this, right? Our mission, Weinberg Choi's mission, is to build legacies for our clients, our team, our family and friends who are delivering and supporting them in the perfect real estate experience, right? That's amazing. I so love that you it, touch base on that. So how, are, how are you I got most of that. Yeah. Yes. How are you building legacy for your clients? Great question. Okay, so we are, we are right. We're supporting these people, and uh, obviously everyone talks about this is the biggest purchaser decision they're making, right? Sure. So we've never looked at any client as a transaction or a deal, Right, because when you get into that mindset, it starts getting into a very uh, mindset of scarcity, 
Meaning like, okay, where's my next deal going to come from, right? And or like, hey, I just got to get this one closed. So it's important that we never, and that's where, that we never do that. And that's something that's important that we've shared with our team. And ever since we started, that's the biggest thing is we never looked at it as like, how quick can we get more and more deals? Instead, we looked at it as like, okay, we care so much about our clients truly that we know that if we create an amazing experience for them, which we now call the perfect real estate experience, the, the result of that is them wanting to show love and introduce us to everyone they know, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than that mindset of, there's two options, either a mindset of abundance or a mindset of scarcity, right? There's enough to go around. There's over 30,000 homes sold in Chicago last right. year, right? Right. There's enough to go around for everybody. So what I mean by le- building a legacy for our clients, that means if there's something that sh- they should be considering, I want them to know every single thing they should consider before moving forward and every way the transaction can play out. And there's pretty much three ways in every situation. And why, what I mean by building a legacy for people on our team, right? it's not just like how is it impacting their life financially. It's like when their grandkids, cousins, kids think of them, it's just not, not about how much money they had. It's about how much impact they had on this community and this city and, and other people's lives. So you essentially, with your clients, you're reestablishing this connection to the community they're investing in, the community they're involved in. It's not just transactional, as you said. It's like the consumer feeling one within the fabric of the community, and the whole deal is kind of an all-encumbering experience. It really is about the experience. Yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. And like honestly, so our, our can I get a job now? Yeah, man. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about what your perfect career cool. looks like, and then we'll see if it makes sense. But ultimately, really, like ninety percent of our business comes from repeat and referrals, right? So, with that said, right, it's a testament to truly us creating this perfect real estate experience. And honestly, any one of our clients we meet with, anyone on our team, either on the listing side or buyer side. One of the first questions we ask is understanding what the perfect real estate experience looks like. So I feel like the odd man out in this group because the three of you do a lot of community stuff. You know, I you know. Do Gro- tiles. I, know, I heard I, last week I'm you talked about you tiles. tiles. I'm a hell of a tile. You are, baby. <laughs> yeah, I might need to, uh, you might need to come true. over, man. We need this some. This is true. Um, I, I, I'm more of a lazy donator okay. than I am roll up the sleeves and do all the work. I see you. I know Grocco in depth with his stuff at St. Jude, but Joe, it seems like every week you're doing another community involvement, whether it's a charity or just kind of bringing everybody together. Um, now I see why you guys uh, know each other so well, you and Josh, because it's like I, you guys are like two peas in a pod. I decided years ago that this was going to be something that I was going to do for the long haul. This wasn't something I was going to do for five or 10 years and get out. So by the age of 40, I'll have almost 20 years of high-level lending experience. And the one thing that I noticed with my peers that was literally setting them apart was this exact same thing where if you can focus on the result, you're not just looking for the next transaction. And so it's harder. It's a lot more work when you're actually... When you don't care about the commission, but in the long run, what you're doing is you're building a legacy. And so that's the reason that I love having Josh on today. Josh, touch base on this. You are, uh, say you're a new client and you're trying to go out in the market today and buy something, right? Yeah. How do you pick the right realtor? It's not always you, right? I know you're amazing, but if I'm a buyer and I'm listening to the show, what are some of the tips that I should be asking a real estate agent? Yeah, well, I, I don't think anyone's going to be, not everyone's going to be the right fit for any one agent or team. Part That's part of the beauty in a team, right, is figuring out who's going to mesh the best with who on the team, right? Uh, with that said, it's it's really getting an understanding of what's important to that person. And that's why we talk about the perfect experience so much, 
um, because, and I, I'll say this, the listing side is a little more transactional than the buyer side, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe on the listing side, we're asking what the perfect transaction looks like, even though it's still emotional. Most money. They yeah. want to sell their house. They want to make the most money possible. You know that's what's funny? That's your, that's your perfect real that's estate the one transaction. I hear, that, that's the one I hear the most. I yeah. yeah. But there's another one, right? Maybe it's time. I don't want to have a lot of showings. It could be. It could be. And by us understanding that, right, we have a better chance of setting them up for that. It could be. It's all perspective. And my perfect experience is going to be different from each one of yours. Um, but as far as like figuring out who to pick, mm-hmm. I think it's... It is important to understand, like, okay, what is important to me? And that's why if they can, if any home buyer out there, anyone who's considering buying can make a list of, like, what the perfect experience looks like, because right. that's the thing. For them, if, if I can't deliver that for them or someone on our team can't, we'd rather figure that out right there and then and save everyone time and connect them with someone who can, right? So I think anyone who's considering buying or is buying knows they're going to buy. It's, it's important to understand what their perfect real estate experience looks like, even if someone doesn't ask them that, so they can figure out, is this the right realtor to work with? Can you give us a couple of examples of something that a buyer, if I don't know what I should even be asking myself, yeah. if I'm listening to the show, what are some things that I should be trying to decide? What is it that I want? I think it's super, super important to have a team of people, not just like a real estate team, but truly a team, right? Let's put it this way. If someone reaches out to me, they're usually going to ask me, who should I call for lending, attorney, inspector? They know that we're the go-to for everything, essentially, right? We call it like the funnel, right? right? So I know that if I'm introducing or recommending someone to Joel... You know what you're going to get. It's like, I know he's going to look out for our client's best interest, first first and foremost. Two, he knows what I expect. And three, I don't need to call him to see if he's doing his job every day. And they're going to get Cubs tickets. And he's he's a mortgage man and a Cubs fan. Um, so, so anyway, so with that said, right, I think it is understanding like it's right. Who is, who is going to understand what that person's needs are? And, um, I think the things that they should look for is truly like, you know, is this person, it doesn't matter if someone's sold 500 homes or one home. It's ultimately that someone at the end of the day, really all people care about is they want to be loved, right? Everyone wants to be loved on, right? They want to work with someone who they can trust. That's going to look out for their best interests. That's knowledgeable. Right, and that every decision they make is going to support what's best for them. Yeah, I no s- one doesn't want that. I've always seen a relationship, depending on your needs. If you're a buyer, where do you need to buy a house immediately, or can you wait? Are you just starting to think about the process? Going, you know, maybe I'll buy it within the next year or so. At that point, you can kind of look at a relationship with the realtor, almost like marriage. Let me figure out the one I want to get married to that's going to take me through this journey. If you're in a hurry to buy something, you almost find yourself in speed dating, which can be a little dangerous because you're like, let me find somebody by today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why you hear a lot of referrals and a lot of references, somebody that had a good experience with a realtor. Uh, but I think that when you pick that team or that, or I should say that that agent, you're, you're also hiring his whole team. You're hiring his, most likely you're going to meet his attorney, his mortgage lender, his uh, inspector, the whole nine yards. So uh, vetting him out. If you have time, try and vet them out as much as possible um, and make sure that you feel the connection mentally that they're on the same page as you. Absolutely. Ultimately, everything. Absolutely. That's the thing, too, and that's what we share with our clients. We, we learned early in our career that even though we thought we were the best at everything, we're not. And so where we, where we were wearing every hat, and right, I'll tell you right now, we got very, very close to burnout. And this is where we learned... Luckily, about being because we were surrounded around people that were thinking at a higher level than us, that it's not about doing it all yourself, right? And we thought to sell more homes, right? That meant we thought that Tommy and I thought that we had to sell more homes. Mm-hmm. And what we realized is, is 
it's really important in no matter what we do, whether it's real estate, whether it's a hamburger chain, whatever it is, one, two things. One, it's important to be passionate about what you do because if you sincerely love and are passionate about what you do, the money is a result. Of course. And if you're focused on the money, no matter how much money you're making, if you're not passionate about what you do, you will get burnt out. It's not even a question, and especially in our industry, right? right. No matter how much money you're making, if it's not what you're passionate about, over time you will get burnt out. That wasn't what was burning us out, that we weren't passionate about it. What happened was is we were wearing every hat in the business, and we realized we're not the best at everything, but it took us a while to learn that. So instead, what we've done is gotten into a place where we have people that we want to be around every day who are truly our family. Our team is our family. Um, and a culture of, right, we have a culture of giving and sharing and family and um, celebrating, right? What that does, though, is everyone is in hyper-focused mastery roles that play up to their strengths. I know I'm not organized, and I know I'm not good on the admin operation side of the business. I am a visionary where I can see here's what we need to do, but I'm not necessarily the person to put that system into place, right? Mm -hmm. What that does is, is when we share with our team, in addition to our team, Weinberg Choi Residential, and our team like Joel and inspectors and so on, what it does is we tell our clients, hey, you, and they love this. We're like, listen, here's why we do this, and here's why it's beneficial for you. You have 10 people working for you to ensure you have the perfect real estate experience, and our clients love it, and here's why. They're like, that's the best. And they're getting better communication, and they're hearing from us more, and honestly, our clients that we've helped before we switched to this model and now have given us feedback that it, we're operating at a way higher level, and they're having a better experience. That's Ooh. awesome. Where do you go from there? Well... I have, I have no I mean, questions. This is a, I mean, this is a great segment, yeah, man. He, he answered every question. Everything I was about to ask, I'm like, okay, hold this one for later. Hold this one for later. He like speaks he it all out. I'm like, level. all right, I'm done with Josh Weinberg. Yep. This is over. I know. It's over, man. You're done. Thanks for coming I, in, bro. I know, I know, I know we're going to talk about like how everyone gives back, and it's super important. And one thing that we do is called 365 Days of Giving, where we support a different organization every month. And you were asking, actually. It's funny, because you were telling me, like, okay, I'm like someone who wants to give back. I just don't always know how. Right. Right? And part of why we started 365 Days of Giving is not only to show gratitude to our community and, and give back, it was getting other people involved who maybe didn't know how and they wanted to, whether it's financially or time. So I'm gonna, can, I, can I give a plug to uh, one of our oh, we events have, we have coming we, up? We plug every charity whenever we have a chance. Awesome. Right? Awesome. Well, so every month we support a different organization. Like we were at Ronald McDonald House last Friday cooking, right? Okay. And I, and I do contribute to that one every year, right, Croc? Mm-hmm. There you go. Playing the softball Playing charity the game. softball charity game. Nice. Yeah. All the time, yeah. Nice. Invite me to that one next time. Let's do it. Actually, you guys will all make a good team. Well, <laughs> he's horrible, but I'm sure you're much I, better than he is. So. I'm not going <laughs> to be too high on myself if I can ball out a little <laughs> there bit. There you go. There you go. Um, but anyway, so in June, we're supporting an amazing organization. We're having a golf outing um, to support this amazing organization called the Nora Project. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Nora Project, but it's an awesome organization that basically um, to show empathy for children in school who might not be just like every other child in school. And it started in a couple schools, and it was started by, it ended up that one of our friend's client's niece, Nora, right, um, she wasn't, maybe she wasn't just like every other child, and her parents and family and friends wanted to make sure that she got to experience what it was like to be in an awesome environment and people to treat her and her to know how to treat other people. So it started off in a few schools, and I don't even know how many schools are in now. Anyways, it's to teach children and, and, and other teachers how to be around other children that might not be exactly like them. It's an amazing organization. So June 8th, we're doing it um, at Ruffled Feathers. Our goal is to raise $50,000 that day from the event, um, and we're going to make it happen. So. Awesome. 
I can tell you, we've never had a guest on here that has that kind of passion, and we're glad that you're here. Before you go, tell the people that are listening just where they can reach you. I always want to make sure that we give one final plug for you. So a name, a phone number, and where they can reach you, please. Yeah, you got it. So you can reach me on Facebook. Mm You can at Josh Weinberg. You can email me at Josh at the long. There's going to be a long handle WeinbergChoiRealty.com. You can we know where me, that's at. You yes. can reach me at Keller Williams Chicago Lincoln Park. I'm, I love giving back. I love sharing. I love making our industry a better place. So if I can help you in any way or anyone, I'm all about it. So let's make it happen. Reach out. I mean it. That's Josh, awesome. you're the man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you guys. Again. Yeah, I would love to. Appreciate Great you guys. Much love. You. Some good stuff, dude. So what did you think of that here? So we're talking about something that's different. Maybe you picked up something for you. What are we going to do? I I pick up something from every single one of our guests. They're just as good as I am in this industry, if not better. I'm just the guy on the microphone. Well, you're good behind the mic. I've been doing this for a long time, and I think that when you're around intelligent and uh, passionate Mm -hmm. people in our industry, no matter how great you are, you can pick something up from even a newbie. Because they just bring ideas, and, and, and you, it's great to learn and see other people and how they handle their business and how they treat their consumers. And, you know, it's, 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 at the end of the day, it's a craft. You could always improve a craft no matter how good you are. I feel like we have an action-packed show today. I feel like we, we have people that are bringing something to the we table. Do. I know that we have our next guest coming up as years of experience. I'm going to completely turn the corner and talk about something different. So to my right, I have Lauren Dayton. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So before we jump into the things that you're doing, give the listeners a little background. Just tell us who you are, what you do, and what your specialty is. Because you've done this forever. You're no, you're, you're no problem behind the <laughs> Mike. No, I've been doing the radio for a while, but no, I've been in the business for 17 years. Uh, Lauren Dayton with Jamison Sotheby's. And this last year has been completely crazy for me. I had a new baby. I've been working on a luxury rental building, which is something new for me because typically I just work on sales for condos. But this was a developer client of mine that normally builds condos for sale and said, hey, we're going to do a rental building because that's been kind of the hot button Mm -hmm. in our market lately. And so he said, will you represent me and get this building leased? So that's been fun. I've had 199 units. I'm at 160 leased. Say that again. Wait a minute. How many? I had 199 units leased and we're at about 160 signed contracts today. 30 left. Only a few left and it's been a crazy year. And that's how we're going to tag this segment. Are our buyers in our real estate market being swiped away by these rentals? Because there's more rental yeah. developments than condo developments for right. sale. So that's where you're coming in. We yeah. want to hear what you think because you're seeing it from both sides. You literally are working for the same developer that has crossed over. So that you typically see, would develop condos I don't think anybody can answer these questions better than you and what you see every day. So I'm still doing you know regular business when it comes to sure. sales and listings and buyers. What I'm seeing is a lot of buyers that were, let's, just, let's back up, a lot of sellers that I would be selling their home that would normally go buy another home right. are going, oh, maybe I'll rent for a year or two. We're going to check out some of these new buildings. And what I'm seeing is I feel like some of these rental buildings due to all their luxury amenities, and I call them miniature Vegas inside, you know, they have everything. <laughs> from bowling alleys to parties, pools, cabanas. You know, I mean, they have everything yes. except for bottle service. I mean, really, everything. Coming soon. So coming soon. I mean, we got to make heard of the Mimetti right? development project. <laughs> <laughs> the Mimetti shop. So, um, 
what I'm seeing are buyers are considering renting for a year or two, and it's changing, you know, the market a little bit. As I feel like some listings I've had that normally would have sold within a couple of weeks or a month, they're selling. They're just taking a little longer. I feel like buyers are are considering renting for a year or two, and then I, you know, I ask them, "Have you?" So some things I ask them are, have you talked to your accountant about this? Have you looked at, you're not going to be owning anymore. You won't have that write-off. You're going to go lease for a couple of years. Have you weighed these options? Keep in mind, look at rates right now. They're really good. Are you sure you want to do this? So it's raised questions, and I think it's you know changing the way people are thinking a little bit. And But I am seeing people considering renting and renting for a year or two before they buy. What is the answer to those questions that you said you asked them? Because I'm curious now. Have you talked it, to your accountant? You're not going to get your tax benefits. I mean, what are they spitting out to um, do this? Some people, they, they realize they're not going to get their tax benefits, and they're like, well, we just don't know what we want to do next. We don't know what neighborhood we want to try. We want to we do a different neighborhood, but we're not ready to commit to buy there yet. We just want to, we're going from a, t- I had clients recently sell their townhome with no amenities. They have four kids, and they just want to try a building full of amenities, but they're not committed to buying yet. So these aren't people that will never buy again. It's just that they're testing the waters in the rental market. Hmm. And for me, I'm seeing it, you know, representing this rental building. For me, I'm seeing a lot of young first time, you know, will, that will be first time buyers. They're renting their first place or they're renting for a couple of years and they eventually want to buy. So that's also a way for me to build my business and continue to grow my contacts or a lot of these renters are coming in will be future buyers. I'm glad you said that. I applaud you for taking such a project Thank when a you. lot of other agents would say rentals, no. I laugh right? because so many brokers are like, oh my God, I don't want to do a rental building. There's not enough money in that. It's too much time. They're not thinking future. They're not thinking long haul. Aren't we seeing a lot of people right now that do want to step into something new? Maybe they did sell their place at the height of the market yeah. and they're not sure they want to dip their toes back in. So totally. yes, Nick, you're right. A lot of people are getting maybe siphoned off from buying, but I think what Lauren's doing is building her business for the next 18 months, 36 months. These people completed a real estate transaction with you, whether it's a rental or a purchase. How do you follow up with them? And what do you think the percentage of those people that are actually going to go on to buy and how can you uh, work with them? I continue to put them in my database. And when it comes to, you know, our monthly marketing, giving, you guys are talking a lot about giving back, sending out summer gifts, winter gifts, things like that. These people I'm continually following up with. So hopefully I'm at the you know front of their mind when they go to buy. And this is how I built my business. I started when I was 21. I was a kid, and nobody really wants to give a kid a lot of business when you're young. And now you're so, 24. Good job. Yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> you're doing Love great. you guys. You're doing great in three years. But building your business, you know, I started working with renters. It was the mm-hmm. leads that nobody wanted. Oh, I don't want to take a renter out yeah. this weekend. I don't want to take a renter out on Saturday. And I thought, what is wrong with you? These are future buyers. And yeah, they're renting now. They'll buy later. A lot of my clients started that way. And that's where I'm at now. So I look at this rental building as an opportunity to continue to give more business for the future and to help my current clients get this building leased. What are some of the things that they want in those buildings? So Nick brings up a good point. There's people that are just not going to buy right away and they're attracted to some of the things that you talked about. Is there something that we could uh, do for the developers that actually would do this in the condo buildings as well? What are you seeing in the future? Like what do they want is when it comes to amenities? Yeah, or? of course. They're picking something here because maybe they were in something that was smaller before and didn't have those things, and now they actually have it. But all the cranes yeah. in the air for the last five or six years, guys, what are, what are they? The they're wrong, rentals, right? They're all for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. I know, right? Well, what I'm seeing is 
look, I think it's what all of us want. We want the easy button, right? right. We want Instacart. We want an Uber. We want to just press the button. We don't want to have to go pick up our dry cleaning. We want to have press box downstairs. We want everything to be easy. And I think with these rental buildings, what it's giving people is a concierge type service. And I think developers that are building new condo buildings really need to step up the game when it comes to concierge type service. It's not just about buying a condo anymore. It's about what kind of, what kind of management am I going to get? Do you have a dog walking service? What's the pool like? Is it, amazing furniture or is it just okay furniture everybody wants to walk out they're paying top dollar they want to see something beautiful right and i and and i speak from my own experience i i own obviously in the suburbs Mm -hmm. and i used to own in the city and i want to buy in the city in a specific area i'm not going to tag one out there but there's nothing that i like because you're too picky, right? So, You've seen it now, all. And now, unfortunately, I have to run to the city in the city, and I have to be close by here, actually. And um, I, the, yeah, the amenities are there every time when you're going to rent. Because I'm, I'm hoping I can find something within the next year or so. But to buy, there's yeah. to buy, of course. But there is nothing in the purchasing marketplace that can catch up with the bells and whistles. I mean, she just said it. My my building has two different. Like entertainment rooms. I mean, mm-hmm. Grocco, you came and visited. It's insane. Yeah, I never want to leave. And I, and, and I used to own right around the corner from there, not too far from there. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it comes nowhere near comparison. It's like a hotel. It's, it's tough. Right. Now, at the end of the day, I, saw, I still like getting some kind of return on my money. If I'm paying to live somewhere, I'd like to have something at the end of the tunnel, which is why I want to buy. But I'm in a standstill. I'm honestly in a standstill. I think you hit that one comment on the head. Developers need to step up. And compete because before it was like they used to just kind of puff their chest out and say, "Well, you want to buy, you want to own, you don't want to be a renter." Guess what? Now renting has found a way to kick your ass. Right, that's the problem. And renters, you know that rent people that are renting that could be buyers. It's not that they don't want to be buyers. They're just seeing, I think, a lot of these rental buildings with all these fancy amenities. Going well, this looks fun. I want to try this first. Sure. So, um, but I do see. You know, there's a downside to that. You're renting, you're blowing money, you're not investing, you're not paying anything down. Right. You're just there's you no know. forced savings. No. There's nothing at the end of the right. tunnel. It's just thank you, have a nice day. Right. And that's that. No, but I, I, I do think developers we gotta have some better amenities. I at least someone came on the show and said it. Call right. them out. That's where we're gonna tag this show. And, and I, Lauren and I calls out developers. And that's I don't wanna say <laughs> I don't wanna say that with buildings there aren't any buildings with great amenities. It's just that Not like this. people are looking for more services right. on top of amenities. Well, these, services. These rentals are newer. We just right. said Joe just said it. These cranes are going up and they're always rentals. So usually whatever's newer has a tendency to have more up to date, modern and newer ideas. And so it's nothing but rentals flooding, so it's leaving old development projects behind. So, if, I mean, something was built in 2008, and here right. comes a rental in 2019. Yeah, there's movie theaters, and there's bowling alleys in there. There's batting cages in there. Right. I mean, forget party rooms. That's simple. Right. You know? That's right. And it's crushing the market. Those are they're also crushing the market for the landlord that bought that property in right. 2008 and 2010 it's constantly been a landlord and been renting his place out right. now he used to rent in a couple of weeks three weeks quickly now i'm getting those listings and they're 60 days they're 90 days and these landlords are like well i always rented this apartment for two thousand dollars well guess what down the street there's four cranes and they're going up and those buildings that are brand new tenants are picking that for a couple hundred bucks more a month because it has all new finishes state-of-the-art amenities, 
So it's hurting the market as well when it comes to just the average landlord that used to always rent out his place. My brain's not big enough to do this math, but why don't these (laughs) landlords that do these really fancy developments just turn around after so many years and just convert them and sell them to the tenants? Wow, you're on to something. Don't you think they will? I, I mean, I haven't seen one pop yet. And it's been going on for almost 10 years. I think it will. I mean, well, Call me when the one I'm living in does it because I want to buy one there. I right? still want to rent forever. Right. It's too new. <laughs> it's it's Th- too they're new. They're going to milk that cap rate right. I mean, before they flip that over. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I think another point, because we got to close out here, another point is that it's easier, and you always touch on this, Nick, it's easier to put up these towers that are rentals because the financing, the financing that goes is much easier. with it is a lot yes, easier. Yes. So when it comes to a condo building, it's hard. It's harder to sell. You know, there's a project right here on Michigan Avenue right now that's having a hard time to sell. To get the money. Developers right. are having banking, a harder time getting the money. Banking is still dealing with the hit from the crash. They're still feeling the, the pain. They're, They're scared. Still feeling, and, and people mm-hmm. don't want to fund $500 million for your condominium project because yeah. who wants to be stuck with the bag of hot yeah. potatoes if it doesn't, you know, so. All right. So, Lauren. Thanks where for do we get? Me. Well, thank you for coming, but where do we? how do we get a hold of you? Uh, 312-909-1329 is my cell phone. I'm with Jameson Sotheby's, Lauren Dayton. You can find me online. Just Google me. That's awesome. She'll be back, she'll be back, she'll be back again soon. I like that. Only really me. competent people say Google me. <laughs> I'll Google pop me. up. Google me. Google me. <laughs> Nick, what did you think of that? That was something that I was think, completely different, I think, right? I think we, after five years, we haven't had a topic like that, specifically like that. It was people a really afraid good, to talk about it sometimes, right? Well, we're, we're in the mortgage business. We're, we're in business. the mortgage industry, and we bring on agents, yes. and we promote homeownership, because I still do truly in my heart believe it's a much better investment than renting. But she hit on the head. The competition to rent is so much more aggressive. They're pursuing this consumer so much better and offering amenities. And, and it, maybe we should be more specific to like most urban areas they're doing these. You know, it's not like you're going to find a whole lot of luxury condiment rentals out in the suburbs. But in the city, oh man, they're coming after the buyer really hard. And I don't think it's bad to rent for a year. There's really no, nothing wrong with no. it. If it's the continuation of five or six years, you've thrown a hundred thousand dollars away. Out. Well, we've always promoted renting in that in that aspect. You don't know where you want to move into the city. You don't know which part of town you want to live in. Uh, you want to just feel it out. That's what renting's for. Or look, some people just got to live here for a couple years and they know they're going to be transferred out. And that's when it's okay to rent too. You know, it's you don't... Tough to buy a house and sell it within a year because your job relocates you. You know, so you mentioned a second ago Cubs tickets. So it's a reminder here before tune in for the entire show. We'll be giving away two Cubs tickets. I have a winner that's announced before we get to that. We have somebody special on the show today. We're going to be talking about an event that's coming up, and it is a pleasure to have Christine Schaub on the show today. Tell us what you are here to talk about. Hi. Well, thank you for having me on. Um, this is my first time behind the mic, so thank you guys for... Truth is, you do all the work, though. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that. I think it's a, we're a good team. Um, but I'm here specifically today to talk about Real Estate to the Rescue, which is a really amazing fundraiser that we happen to be on the board of directors for. Um, we actually have a board opening position. Um, if anyone is interested in being the director of shelters, uh, that is a newly formed position, and we'd be so grateful to have some recommendations. So it's no-kill animal shelters throughout the city of Chicago, and it's for cats and dogs, and people love 
dogs. They but they forget about cats. Does anyone have cats and dogs? Not anymore. Okay, not anymore. As a kid, I did. Yes, I had two cats killed as a kid, so I wasn't allowed to have anymore. (laughs) I was a really irresponsible pet owner. I'm just being honest. So my parents said, "That's it. We're not going to kill off the cat. We're not going to make them extinct. So we're not giving you any more pets." I'm going to bring them a shirt next week that's got a cat. That's the truth of the story. Christine, why did you join? You're on the board of directors, and what are some of the benefits that you have when you could talk about real estate agents doing the same thing? Um, so the mission really resonated with me, and so our mission is to mobilize the real estate community um, to give back to the homeless the homeless plight of animals in the Chicagoland area. And we do that by fundraising, by community engagement, and by political um, advocacy and awareness um, And so I would say we have a really great opportunity coming up on June 21st, um, and that is our sixth annual Real Estate to the Rescue uh, Chicago Cubs game. Oh, I like the sound of that. Six. (laughs) So this isn't new. No, not six. The Cubs. (laughs) Come on, man. She said sixth annual. So this has been going on for a while. This isn't something. This isn't new. No. No, this is something that's been around for a long time. We were established in 2005, actually, by by our founder, Susie, who still serves on the board today, and she's wonderful. Um, but it's a really great opportunity to network, to get involved. Um, we have a huge pre-party um, at 10 a.m. with a great silent auction. We may even have a trip to the Bahamas. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really great opportunity for everyone to come out. Um, tickets are 75 bucks, so not that much. And you get so much. Um, and then you get to go watch the Cubs play um, at 120. So that's an event coming up and the money, whenever you talk about trying to get involved in something, especially since most of the listeners here are either going to be buying a home in the next year, selling a home or involved in real estate. This is one of the ways you can really give back. I love being on the board of directors and having Christine on today to talk about some of the things that are easy. You don't have to go out and do a lot. If you can make a donation, $75 and you get a lot for it. It's not just $75 in the game. You're actually able to go to the pre-party, silent auctions. The pre-party is amazing. Oh my gosh. It's such a good time. We have photographers there, videographers, the silent auction, which I can't stress enough. Um, We have some really great sponsors this year. Um, Shout out to the Gunderson Law Firm for being our platinum sponsor. Um, So we're really, we're really excited and we really hope that. We have some people that come and and enjoy. Did Christine just do a plug within a plug? That's amazing. <laughs> She's got a five minute plug. Was that threw, a leverage? She threw a plug in there. That's Gunderson. That's for leveraging you. the leverage. That was a leverage. I like Christine. You need you got <laughs> some nice. skills. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Tell us again before you go the date. I want everyone that's listening to remember the date and then how they can get tickets as well, please. Absolutely. So it's Saturday, June twenty first. Um, the pre party starts at ten. And if you want to buy tickets, go to realestatetotherescue dot com. Or find us on Instagram at Real Estate to the Rescue. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thanks Christina, for coming awesome. on. We I appreciate, appreciate it. it. I bet you that Instagram's a really cute Instagram. It's got a lot of really cute things on it. Cats and dogs. I mean, it That's really is. It, what sells more it's probably than probably got eight billion followers? Dogs, babies, nothing. nothing. Babies, cats, dogs, and all be all. No, it's really true. So that was really cool to have somebody that came on that actually is a simple way. We always talk about these things that you can do to get involved, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. And this is one of the ways for $75, you can go to a Cubs game and you could actually give back. So do the Cubs play the Yankees this year? The Cubs do not play the Yankees. They're an American League team. So during That, that doesn't mean they don't play them. No. They come. The Yankees come. To hey, you asked. Yeah. Okay. So they I have the calendar right here. So I just want to know if they play them. <laughs> but but when they do, okay, I'm looking for your tickets. Oh really? I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not a Cub fan. There you go. So 
That's a conversation for another day. Yeah, it's a conversation for another day, but yeah. we got another special guest in the house. Wow, yes. we, we ran through this show quick. Well, you're good at it. You're I mean, maybe it feels fast. We no? miss Carla. I know you miss Carla. Can we just say it? How do I <laughs> say goodbye? Let's say hello yeah. to our next guest. Who wants to be the lucky man to introduce the man? I'll intro this guy mm-hmm. here. We got Morgan Heron here today from Digiblock visiting us again. He is the king of cryptocurrency. He's going to talk a little bit about what's happening with his company. How you doing, brother? Welcome I'm back. I'm doing great. I'm real excited to be back. And um, I want to say, uh, Christine, oh, that you know, real estate to the rescue is, is wonderful. I'm a big animal lover. I have cats. So, and um, actually feed feral cats and take care of a lot of things. So nice. I definitely want to be committed. I'll commit 10 tickets right now to, yeah. to the charity. There it we'll is, buy guys. It's <laughs> I like about Morgan. I'm going to call him yeah. Morgan Moneybag. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he walks in, he's like, who needs some money? He needs something. I got you. I got you. I got you. you to he just threw a Bitcoin at her. Forget yeah. <laughs> Slapped her with a couple of Bitcoins. Not shaped quite. like paws. No? Yeah, yeah, Bitcoin is about $5,200 now. So not, not quite a Bitcoin. Tell us what's going on in that market. What are you seeing? Yeah, what I'm seeing, well, Last time I was here, Bitcoin was around 3,000-something when I was here last time. So Bitcoin in general, cryptocurrency has risen in value, which, you know, for a lot of reasons, I think it's becoming more widely accepted around the world. If you see some of the things going around in Latin America and the the instability of the currencies and the inflation rates, people are clamoring for things with stability that aren't fiat currencies for their own countries. And, And, you know, digital currencies fit right in that mode of a decentralized product that's not controlled by your government. And that's why I think people are clamoring for these right now. And how about as it relates to real estate? Aren't we seeing it open up? Before, it used to be pretty speculative. Tell us what's it going on speculative. now. It's, it's a lot different. My company, Digiblocks, is the only company in the Midwest to actually list real estate and cryptocurrency. And, um, and Jameson Sotheby's International Realty is listing one of the buildings we have, $3.7 million on Elston Avenue. Beautiful building. If people have cryptocurrency and want to uh, spend it, do it with us. We can, nice. we, can, we can take care of that. And we have systems to do that where other companies do not. Can you touch on so, that really quick? Sorry, Nick. Can yeah, you touch well, on how you guys bring in this to. currency and convert it into something real? The, the, the big thing why cryptocurrency is not used widely in, in real estate is like, I'm preaching to the choir here, is like you want the stability of a contract. You know, the buyer and seller want to be 100% confident that the money is always going to be there and it's not going to fluctuate in value dramatically. So what we did, we designed a stable token. You know, which which uh, some people call them stable coins, where whatever you bring into us, whether it's Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, we take it in and we change it to our cryptocurrency or digital asset, whatever you want to call it. And it stabilizes the transaction once it gets out of a non-backed. Ours is a backed security. So it's like um, we have an asset that once it changes to ours, it actually has value. And so, our token is called Golden Gate. I, I want to understand this. And forgive me because I, mm-hmm. I think I was sick. I had to miss your you show. Did. You missed I was our supposed, last show. I was supposed yeah, to be on the show here. when you introduced this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a real bummer. But these things have a tendency to fluctuate the market on a regular basis. Exactly. So what you're saying is if, if I'm going to put down, let's say, an earnest money on a property through your, through your company uh, and the current value of the Bitcoin is 5200 the seller is just looking to get 5000 for now. Um, you're essentially stabilizing that number, saying this is what it's worth officially, and it's not going to go up or down depending on the marketplace. It is a flat price. Your $5,000 exactly. earnest money is good as of right now, right? Exactly. We do it like you would do a normal cash transaction, which is why we're different. We don't do it any different than that for the buyer or seller. We act like just like your cash. You bring in the cryptocurrency to us, we immediately uh, stabilize it with our stable coin. 
And that, that's, that's the trick right there is what we do. So could you imagine doing, I mean, maybe you have done, I haven't done one yet, where you get a client says like, well, I put my earnest money down with Bitcoin. A year ago, this was something completely different, but we've seen the guidelines. I'm kind of a guideline geek when it comes to the mortgage side of it and seeing that it's absolutely acceptable now for reserves. Sure. It's absolutely yeah. acceptable if it has been in an account for over 60 days, whereas a year ago, it was something that wasn't quite there. So it's really great to have you back again and talk about it because in, as it relates to the real estate transactions, it's not purely people that want to buy it only in cash. I have people that are paying, uh, getting a mortgage, but they have this as reserve and it really helps them complete a transaction i see it big i mean people are buying smaller ticket items in full with bitcoin a car um luxury items Mm -hmm. houses do start to get price even an average price home at 250 starts to become a bigger ticket to buy in cash and i I don't see it used as a full purchase yet i mean i I, i'm just learning as we go here from morgan i mean this is really cool but i think it's going to take more and more uh um more of an effect on a market in this the is, future. This yeah. is why the stability part of it is so vital. Yeah. Think of me it's selling huge. you my house, and it's a 60-day transaction, no. and I agree to a price of a million, two. And then the Bitcoin deflates or increases, and you're like, whoa, whoa, I sent too many or not enough over and all that mess. You guys are saying exactly be, why it was, yeah, it was, it's it not allowed or accepted widely, right. and, and, and we're It's like trading stock. It. You have never mm-hmm. seen anybody put stock down for earnest money or I'll buy it four in Googles stock. And, yes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But he's he's stabilizing the stock essentially. <laughs> exactly, it's it, it, you can think of it as that we stabilize the the crypto asset coming in, and, and there's no problem. Everybody can sleep at night mm-hmm. and 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 do the actual contract, which is the key thing. And you can do your due diligence. You know, just to say you go 90 days and don't want the place, mm-hmm. we can you know reverse do the transaction. Everybody walks out with exactly the same money they put in. You know, so that, that, that's also very key. Well, I could do a show and pepper you with about a thousand questions, but we don't have that kind of time to be here for the next five I'll come hours. Back but, the whole show one but, but I do want to ask, is it growing? Are you seeing the phenomenon pick up? I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get into your business because that's your business, but do you see it like where you have confidence that this is going to be the norm down the road? Yes, without a doubt, it's going to be the norm. If you look at, like I said, some of these countries that are changing to cryptocurrency and sure. getting rid of their fiat currency, um, it's, it's coming very normal. We see, you know, just from the inquiries to our company, it's growing exponentially. And internationally, it's just already almost widely accepted, which is why our token, you know, our token called Golden Gate, which is backed by a real secure asset, we're getting a lot of international interest in it. And there's, there's a company in, in Chicago called Athena Bitcoin, a great one of our partners who opens up, has ATMs in the city, you know, cryptocurrency ATMs. And who would have thought that'd be normal? And it's uh, I've seen him. Yeah. You've, yeah. Uh, Gil Valentine, you know, um, the founder there is a, a super smart guy and and he's going international with, with all his uh, ATMs. And it's very widely accepted internationally for a lot of reasons. People are trying to get out of their currencies. Wow. So we're going to we're going to have our token on his ATMs all throughout Latin America for the same reason, because they are just looking for something stability to, to safe harbor, you know, with the government situations around the world so yes if it's widely accepted in most countries it's coming here very quickly look at that we're ahead of the time in, in market overdraft don't forget oh, yeah. i still gotta buy my shares yeah that's right, right. that's right i, I did I wanna, reserve some for you Grock. i, I told crypt- you that last time I'm, I'm, and by the way Grocco is like the best cycler in the world i was at spin the spin to break the cycle yeah, right the, the, uh, the house of blues and Grocco well, was 45 minutes minimum but he was riding as hard as he could and that was pre-workout by the way he then he went to work out so it was yeah, impressive then, then he then does so much run. charity work i hope everybody realizes how much charity work Grocco does well, thanks for having us that day that was awesome yeah it, it, it was, was an awesome time. event i just want 
want to know how I can get one of those crypto ATMs in my house. Yeah, I, can, I, just want I to will be call like, Gil and say, you know, he might put one in there for you. If I can get that done. Yeah, it, it is. It's and all that, good. It's, uh, like I said, it's widely accepted, but we can do that for you. How today. can we get more info from you on Digiblock and what you guys yeah, are doing? Digiblocks.com. Um, you can go there and look at the information on the company or Morgan at Digiblocks.com. Cool. Loaded, loaded, loaded show today, man. I mean, we went from giving back in the community how to build a super team to renting versus buying or the competition that is now created claws and paws to bitcoins hey now you see you, you believe we did all that in less than 45 minutes wait a minute who gets what? the cup tickets hey oh that's right wait, are we giving them out right now aren't we are we Guys, last week I made an announcement that said if you tuned in and you made a comment below, we would be doing a drawing today. And these aren't just regular tickets. This is for a Friday game coming Ooh. up against the Cardinals. So we have two tickets. Premier game, guys. Yeah. So, so. Friday, May 3rd, uh, we made an announcement, or we're going to make an announcement here. The person that won, I did a random drawing from the names that were down there. Oh. And the gentleman, I don't know. His name is Mike Bakatursky. So, Mike, you had a great comment. These are two tickets that are coming up for the game on, uh, let's see, Friday, May 3rd. How can, how can you pick those tickets up? I'm going to comment uh, to him directly and make sure that he gets these. Uh, maybe we'll have him come on the show. It would be great to be able to do this. That would be okay. cool. That's my burner account, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> See you at the game, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and that's enough of the fun and antics. We are back again next Thursday. You can catch this show and every show. Thank you, Joe Schaub, Crocophonus, of course, Morgan, for being on. Um, catch this episode and every other episode with our extensive catalog that is about five years old at this point. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can go to marketoverdrive.com and catch the show. Facebook, we're on Facebook Live every Thursday around 5.30. And I say around because sometimes we're a little early or a little late. Uh, and last but not least, we are on the WGN network where you can obviously go to the WGN Plus site, download the podcast, or I should say subscribe to the podcast, and get the show whenever you feel like listening to it. If 5.30s don't work for you on Thursdays. Other than that, thanks to everyone here. We will see you next Thursday. Is it next Thursday or following no, we're Thursday? we're off. We're off next Thursday, but the following Thursday, we will be back with some new and juicy stuff. Take care.